Alright, hello everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Heart in the Paint Podcast. The everyone's favorite basketball podcast where we discuss the hard questions of basketball and the NBA and maybe some college things here and there. I am your host, Matt, and today with me I have Michael again. Got a few things on the docket today. First of all, we're going to discuss game threes from this previous weekend's uh, Western and Eastern Finals. Then we will go into everyone's favorite speculation, the LeBron trade of this summer that may or may not happen. And then we're going to talk about everyone's favorite spur, Kawhi Leonard, and what might happen to him this summer. Then we might give you a little bit of our predictions for the game fours coming up. But first, uh, we have a sponsor for this podcast. And while you might be, uh, you know, this offseason really glued to your phone for trades and roster moves, you can stay glued to the couch with fantastic movies from Blockbuster. So head on down to your local neighborhood Blockbuster and rent uh, thousands of great movies for this summer season. With hundreds of movies and TV shows from any and every genre, you know, they've got action, they've got drama, they've got comedy, they've got Bollywood, they've got hentai, you name it, Blockbuster provides the best and easiest way to rent movies. As a part of their new rental program, you can now keep a rental for as long as the entire summer and watch it again and again with different friends and family. They even offer a wide range of products to enhance your viewing experience. You know, they've got popcorns, candies, drinks, body pillows, stereo speakers, and more. Why pay for a monthly subscription for hundreds of shows you'll never watch when you can just head on down to your store and select the right feature film for your next great movie night? Head on over to Blockbuster.com for a free film of your choice with promo code Hard in the Paint. That's Blockbuster.com, promo code Hard in the Paint. And now let's talk about these game th- threes from this weekend. So what did you think about the uh, Houston Golden State game, Michael? Oh, well, my favorite type of game is a blowout. So it was just perfect for me. I mean, what more could I have asked for on my birthday, no less. So uh, shout out to uh, James Harden for not showing up yet again. Chris Paul, where are you at? And uh, pretty much most of the Rockets. Yeah, you know, it was... What's uh, your take, Matt? First off, happy birthday. Second off, uh, that was pretty much... It was a little unexpected on my part from really... I think Houston didn't... They played almost like you would expect Golden State to play, and Golden State just looked like they didn't give a whole lot of effort that game. I was really more impressed by Golden State's disappointment than I was by Houston's success, if that makes sense. I don't know. Wait, what game are you talking about? Are you talking about game two or game three? Oh, wow. Yeah, I am talking about game two, aren't I? Well, yeah, that's my <laughs> thoughts on game two. So game three, by the way, um, another great blowout in our series of game three blowouts. Uh, you know, I was really... It was nothing I didn't expect. Let's put it that way. Uh, Golden State at home. You know, they've got some what everyone considers the best team in like the past 30 years. And it was nice to see Steph finally show up. He finally made some threes. That crowd was absolutely electric when he started making those shots. Uh, so I felt, I felt good for him. I felt, I felt good for the Warriors, but I'm a little worried for Houston at this point. It's like that blowout just looked way too easy. James Harden didn't have the best body language. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, style of play now with, like, uh, pace and space and threes just exaggerate, like, the uh, the margins of victory? Like, you take this, like, you know, you wind the clock back 10 years. Is this game, like, a 12-point win for Golden State? But because of, like, threes and the fact that teams just kind of give up now, if, like, they're, if they're down by 15 at the start of the fourth quarter, you know, Houston's not even trying. So... I feel like that's uh, you. You might have a point there, but I think I think the bigger point, and I've seen this point kind of iterated around around the interwebs today, and that is that uh, really hard to uh, win with only your two guards as your two best players. It's hard to like have a uh, have maintained success in the playoffs because I mean you you you're. 
you know, you're always at a height disadvantage then, right? You're never, it's not like you've got, you know, Embiid in the post where he is literally the biggest guy on the court. Yeah, I mean, that's why I got KD, right? I mean, KD just is a matchup nightmare for yeah, every it, team in this league. That makes perfect sense when you consider, like, that team with Harrison Barnes versus that team with KD, right? Like, Barnes is just, like, <laughs> your, your very average small forward, and KD just puts you over the top for, you know, if they ever shut down your guard tandem. Yeah, so, like, uh, I mean, is this series over then? Do you think it's, like, over? I, mean... I think it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's out of the realm of possibility, but I'm I'm feeling pretty confident Golden State's going to win after even them not trying that hard in that game two that I misalluded to at the beginning. You know, it, it still seemed close to me. Like, it seems like Houston has to play really well and Golden State has to play pretty poorly for Houston to win. All right. Well, uh, I think Houston's going to pull out this game four. I think they're going to go on to win this series. And I'll leave my uh, takeaways uh, at the end of the pod. But uh, moving to the Eastern Conference, where LeBron has miraculously revived half of his team. Yeah. It is now down only two games to one. Uh, do you see this momentum from Cleveland like continuing? Um, you know, I was I, I was I was really impressed by it. It just seemed like they gave so much effort that game. Like it seemed like everything was clicking. People were in the right spots. Everybody was it helps that they were making shots too. But it, it, even on the defensive end, it seemed like people were in their spots more often than not, which was. A little odd for what had been going on the previous two games but I don't see that continuing for the next game I hate to be a little bit of a downer I think the next not to get too far in predictions but I think the next game is going to be really close but I still think the Cavs are going to win yeah I mean I think I think like uh this game three really showed uh if you had Kyrie and Gordon Hayward on a team you're up 2-0 you go on the road I think they make it 3-0. I think uh, the young squad just really doesn't know how to handle playoff pressure on the road. Um, so I could see maybe them slipping up. But likewise, I mean, Brad Stevens can figure it out. I mean, he's he's the president for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, enough and, talk about what's going on right now. Let's, uh, let's jump into uh, June, July, August. So let's fast forward our clocks a little bit to Where are we the, starting? the wonderful world of the off season, featuring what everybody considers <laughs> to be a given. When the season is, really begins, <laughs> that is when LeBron is going to leave Cleveland. So there's a lot of ideas bouncing around the interwebs right now, and and the the ESPNs. Um, a lot of people think Rockets. A lot of people think Philly are the two front runners. But we've got some interesting takes here that might prove you otherwise uh considering who's got space and a big one probably that tier you know maybe maybe your tier one is houston and philly if you want to win right away but i think the tier two trade right now and i think we'll get to this first since i kind of like it the best that is a trade to the lakers so how does this trade work michael uh well let's see the lakers ended up being 35 and 47 win loss about even at home. Uh, to get it done, I mean, the big thing is, what does LeBron really like play for? He's the second greatest player of all time behind Jordan. What can he really gain in LA? Um, and it, it really can only be titles, but they're not going to compete for a while. Um, in order to facilitate this trade, I think the Lakers have to dump Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, some picks, or cash, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe even a big like Randall. Um, I mean, is is Hollywood enough to really bring LeBron to L.A.? Mm. Um, does L.A. even know what they want to do? I mean, with PG-13 and Kawhi, I mean, where are we really going with this? Um, you know, are the Lakers just kind of throwing out rumor mill just to do it? You know, are we going to see the return of LeVar Ball in the offseason? I mean, I don't know. What's, uh, what's your take on the uh, 
mess I, in LA. You know, it's one of those things where you, you look at some of LA's contracts. They've got they got some pretty big money holes in in IT4 and Luol Deng. So I think they've got to ship off at least both of those players to get which I think the only way LeBron comes is if another star comes too. So you've got to get either Paul George or Kawhi or maybe DeRozan over there with LeBron. You've got to jump Luol, IT4, and probably Ingram or Kuzma and a pick somewhere. Maybe you throw in Julius Randle, but man, since they play positions, but that's yeah. A lot that's, of tinkering, man. that's a lot of movement that's got to happen. A lot of wink week deals that got to happen for that to work. I mean, because... Cleveland did do it uh, right after the uh, All Star break. You know that that mega blow up deal. So I mean, they can make these moves. I just don't know if uh, the Lakers will uh, be receptive to that. That's a good point, and and we can't delve into the minds of what the Lakers want to do. It seems like. They're trying to do like a Golden State type thing where they draft sequentially good, good players and then eventually have this young, great core, almost like their own trusting the process type deal. Mm -hmm. But they've got some big, big chains riding them down in these contracts still. So I'm not too, not too certain that's going to actually happen. Do you think Lonzo is part of any of this deal? Like, does Lonzo stay in L.A. as a Laker if PG-13 and LeBron come in? Oh, gosh, man. Wow. Uh, I don't know how, how they could do that and do justice to their to their fan base. You've got LeVar being, like, your greatest salesman of all time. And you've got Lonzo, who, like, I think he's top, top in the jersey sales for... Not not across the league, but I think across rookies he's top. So I think I think he's got to stay. He's also as weird as his shot is. If he can make some spot up threes, I mean he can play with LeBron. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean the rest of this team. I mean, if you look at the roster. You got Channing Fry. I mean, that's good. I think LeBron would appreciate Channing Fry, but. Brooke Lopez, like I don't, I don't know how you, what do you, what do you do with Brooke Lopez? I mean, he's your only real center, I believe, on that team. Like he's the only real guy you could play at the five. Um, right, but so LeBron's know, teams haven't really... had a five in a couple of years. Even though Brooke is surprisingly good at shooting threes, his numbers aren't too bad in that regard. But he hasn't played with like a real big man in a while. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can kind of feel it. What about, uh, what about if we uh, shift over to uh, the uh, sad, sad neighbors that are the L.A. Clippers? Let's go Clippers. Uh, okay, well, I, I yeah. think this one's a little bit rougher in terms of a supporting cast, but they, I think the pieces are a little more appealing. So uh, the two major, I think, trading chips for that team are DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams, right? Billy Williams, your potential sixth man of the year this year. Really, any team could use a Lou Williams. And, of course, we have DeAndre revisiting the possible fiasco from the last summer with the Mavericks and whatnot, depending on which team he might go to. And not to mention that team just blew up you know, blaking CP3. So they have two picks this year both in the uh what is it i think it's 11 and 12 or 12 and 13 so that could be a potential bargaining chip then the Cavs would have eight 11 and 12 picks which is not too bad for what seems like a pretty decent draft so far and then they have doc rivers of course which Regarded as many as a great coach in the league, great motivator, I don't know how well his game planning would do with LeBron, though. I think it'd be more of a harm than a good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Clippers, interesting season. Um, after the Blake CP3 kind of reshuffled the deck, they only ended up five games uh, outside the playoff picture. And uh, so that's not you know, terrible when 
primarily your your team is built around DeAndre and Lou Williams. I mean, the rest of this roster is made up of Patrick Beverly, the knee killer, Avery Bradley, your no-name two-man like on a team, Sam Decker, who can hit some threes, Gallinari, who's looked washed up since he left Denver, even though I don't even know if he's 30 yet. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, I mean, you can you can kind of make that work. Uh, Wesley Johnson, I think he's had too many injury problems. Boban, you can you know kind of do some things here and there. Austin Rivers and Teodosic. I mean, Austin Rivers might legitimately be the third best player on this uh, on this team behind uh, DeAndre and Lou Williams. And if I'm LeBron, that scares me to death to stay away from LA. But the big thing that might actually bring LeBron is if you look at management, uh, the GM for the Clippers is Jerry West, orchestrator of those nice uh, Memphis Grizzly teams in the early uh, 2010s when they were knocking off the Spurs, uh, banging out the Thunder, as well as uh, the orchestrator behind uh, Golden State. Um, with the drafts of Draymond, Clay, and uh, obviously stealing Kevin Durant uh, a year and a half ago. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, maybe, but the Jerry I, West I, thing, I think for L- like the Clippers, yeah. I, I didn't realize Jerry West was on there. I, I, I've forgotten that. And with their trades and their little mini up there, that makes me think they want him to kind of redo his magic that he did in Golden State Land for them. On the on the other mm. side, though, they do have a hole at the small forward spot with Gallinari being and Wesley Johnson, and just the Clippers have always had a hard time with the small forward spot. They do have decent guard defense. They got like you know your Nene Junior and Montrezl, so it it could work. I, I think you need again. It's one of those things where you'd have to have like. Uh, a three-team deal, and then LeBron with another star, I think. So why don't we go on to a Tier 1 deal, and that's most likely the LeBrockets. So break this down for the people, Michael. Uh, All right, so we got the Houston Rockets, number one in the West, the contender to take on the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, We got obvious Hall of Famers, Chris Paul and James Harden as well as a pretty fantastic sporting cast, uh, a coach who will begrudgingly be inducted into the Hall of Fame one day, and Mike D'Antoni. And uh, we might throw LeBron into that mix. Uh, LeBron, you can really, I think, thrive in this kind of pace and space offense. I mean, he's surrounded by shooters uh, everywhere, but I just don't see this making sense uh, from a money deal. Um, I think the Rockets are just too much in the we got to win right now as in this year and they're not even looking ahead to how they can make it happen next year if they don't beat the golden state warriors i see i see a couple ways this works and i've heard a couple houston trades go around one that i don't really want to delve into that is (laughs) ryan anderson for carmel anthony straight up which apparently can work out money wise but Let's just push that under the rug for a while. Uh, the other way I see it working is let's say, let's say the Cavs just straight blow up, and they're—I know it sounds really stupid—but they just go Ryan Anderson and a pick for LeBron, like Ryan Anderson <laughs> and, like, and like your next two first-round picks. <laughs> They just take on that huge contract. They get like three future first round picks in like the next three years. So after that timing window is gone and maybe they get like, I don't know, know, who rides the bench for them? Maybe like Gerald Green too. That's the only way I I see it working. Yeah, the problem with Houston is that they've got so much talent on this team. And they still feel like they're coming up short. And so I understand the thinking and let's just go and get like the best creator that can probably work in the system, LeBron, right? I mean, I mean, imagine the pick and rolls that could happen with Harden, you know, LeBron screening with Harden and then Harden ends up kicking it out to see if they're on like, you know, beyond the three. Like, I mean, it could be unreal. We might be witnessing something really cool in this. Problem is then I think you run into is 
where do you go with your bench? You know, how do you round out this team? Because yeah, right now you have Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella. These are all guys who should be making their money. And I think if LeBron comes in on a max, I mean, those three guys, I don't think you can – best you can, I think you can keep one of them. So it's which one, you know, Eric Gordon, I think he's got huge value that he's probably going to leave if LeBron comes in. Ariza is pretty solid. I think he could actually defend KD for some time. But I don't know. And then Clint Capella's got to make $20 million now. I mean, I don't know if Houston can – keep enough of the uh, kind of tier two guys on their team to satisfy LeBron. I mean, Eric Gordon's putting up 18 points per game, you know, in a career where he's normally had about 16.7. I mean, he's, he's in his stride. So I don't, I don't know what a Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets want to do with this, but. It feels like they'd have to keep Capella to me. And it sucks if you're Eric Gordon or Ariza, but I feel like if you had to pick one of those three and you know you're getting LeBron, I think you gotta you gotta keep Capella and then take LeBron. And I don't know what Ariza's three point percentage is, but LeBron's shooting three points pretty well these days. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it would be such a loss to trade Ariza for LeBron in that case. But I, I it's it's a hard decision to make there. It's like ooh. Yeah, I mean the other the other thing is Mike D'Antoni. Like I don't know if LeBron is gonna want to be in an offense that all it does is you know run and gun mm. like this. I mean, I mean watching LeBron in these like Eastern Conference Finals. I mean he's he's getting worn down. So it is I mean, banana boat. He, you got some banana boat team there. Yeah, unless he reduces like a crap ton of minutes on the Rockets in the regular season to be fresh for the playoffs. I mean. I don't know if LeBron is even going to be LeBron come around Houston time. This is coming around playoff time. This is, that's the problem with Houston right now is that Harden does not look clutch. Mm-hmm. Harden, Harden, you know, his legacy is going to start taking a hit if uh, they get bounced in five games by Golden State. Now, interesting enough, I heard a, uh, I was watching some stuff this and uh, I think it was Colin Coward was saying that. James Harden is Russell Westbrook with a beard in the playoffs in terms of effectiveness and efficiency and tendencies. Oh, I don't know. I'm, and he gave a decent no, case. I think, you know, he was saying like, you know, they both shoot much worse in the playoffs. They both are very much reliant on foul calls and kind of getting into a rhythm with they're like very preferred scoring methods. So like Russ, that's getting to the rim and fast breaks and like Harden, it's getting those travel step back threes to fall um, and those crazy Euros. And then, you know, in that game three, they, and with the last game for Utah, they both, they both get very disillusioned when their stuff isn't falling and they both kind of lose, um, lose their like sight of the game and and very much get taken out kind of like yeah, LeBron like on those trade yeah. years yeah i don't i feel like rush just has that like aggression though that you really can't like stop being that aggressive mm-hmm. if, if you're russ whereas i think harden can kind of get in like a little bit too much into his own head um just because he's more of a shooter so it's like if they're not falling I mean, it just kind of kind of warps your mind about how bad the situation really is. You know, if you're down by uh, eight to Golden State, I mean, get two threes, you're back in this game. But if you're a shooter, like, he just doesn't have, I mean, that mentality to just attack the basket like we do with uh, Russ. Like, Russ it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> For better or worse, he's going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point i, I thought know, it was an interesting takeaway though is really ryan anderson yeah i think ryan anderson is the problem with the houston structure though i think he kills almost every deal unless the charlotte hornets jump in this they need a big white forward and and how much has ryan anderson done in the playoffs this year Yeah, <laughs> uh, about as much as uh, what CD Osmond for the Cavs, maybe. 
Seems like a good trade to me. All right, let's move on to our, our fun trade. Uh, that is potential LeBron Spurs. I know a lot of people are going to knock this right away for saying, you know, everyone likes Popovich, but playing for him is a lot of work in terms of practicing and training camp and those sorts of things. But, hey, it'd be, it'd be one chance for the Spurs to get a real superstar in a trade. So there's a couple ways this shakes out. How does this shake out the right way? Uh, I mean, I think the first thing we got to remember is that with, with this first team where Kawhi only played nine games, they uh, finished 47 and 35 with a home record of 33 and eight. So they were pretty good at home. They only finished a few games from 50, and that's without even their best player, Tony Parker coming off the bench, Manu at 40, Paul Gasol's on this team, Hattie Mills is like your starting point guard half the time. So. I got to give kudos to Pop, and I think he's the biggest, uh, you know, prize that LeBron can really, you know, be enticed to come play for. He'd obviously be the best coach LeBron has ever had. Um, but scenario one is, uh, I think, Kawhi and LeBron, they both play together for at least a year. I'm pretty sure Kawhi has one more year left on his contract. So you get one year of Kawhi-LeBron. I think this kind of can work in two ways. So one is LeBron obviously gets the coach. He gets a good system. Uh, Pop is known to keep, you know, these aging guys like Duncan, Manu, Tony uh, really going, um, you know, in terms of balancing rest versus playing time, uh, really adjusting to their system. Um, I think for Kawhi, you know, if having LeBron there, they can kind of do like an OK City, Paul George type of thing where it's coming for a year. If it works out, stay. If not, we'll try and work it out for you to go elsewhere. Um, and Spurs become that third team in the West to, to bounce it around with Houston and Golden State. But um, Spurs would have to give up a lot, I think, um, in order to pull LeBron into a pretty small market. Um, Danny Green, Paul Gasol, Mills, maybe even LaMarcus. Um, they're all definitely on the uh, chopping block if the goal is to get LeBron. But... Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough call because Lamarcus has kind of just been your your engine that that goes this year, and having to potentially put him on the block feels real bad. However, I don't know how kosher that was with Kawhi two years ago. It seemed like they they kind of not that they weren't getting along, but that they weren't quite playing off each other super optimally. And I don't know how much LeBron changes that. However, I do think that. You've got Gasol, you know, Manu, Tony. You've got some space potentially opening up. Maybe LeBron takes a little bit of a cut. Maybe they do uh, drop those old guys, maybe throw a pick in there and Danny Green or something. Uh, so I, I see a couple ways this shakes out. Uh, you know, it really comes down to the fit, and I think that's most people's problems with it is and even with the Houston deal a little bit, you know, everyone thought CP3 and Harden couldn't play together. And then it's like, could CP3, Harden, and LeBron play together? And I think you make a similar argument for can, can LeBron and Pop mesh heads together? Because it seems like LeBron does most of the coaching in Cleveland, and that obviously wouldn't be the case in the Spurs town. thing you have to do is uh just uh you know Kawhi for lebron or maybe Kawhi and uh anderson and maybe some picks or something for lebron um but i don't think that really helps either team um because the problem with the Cavs is that they just don't have that cap space flexibility uh with tristan thompson and jr's contracts um as well as the spurs i don't know if it's really lebron lebron is going to be 30 for next season, um, even with Pop's ability to extend careers, how much can LeBron keep going as the primary guy on a team? You know, he'd still have a pretty heavy workload, um, even if you kept uh, LaMarcus and Manu and Tony Parker. I mean, it kind of seems like a bit of a dangerous team to put together. You know, I'm not, I'm not so certain that this team is – 
better suited for the playoffs with LeBron instead of Kawhi. Like, if you just exchange the two players, I mean, sure, the Spurs are probably in the playoff picture because Kawhi wouldn't be injured. But, you know, they really need a defensive stopper type character in that role. You know, they don't really have a trouble playmaking so much just because their system is so well-defined. Whereas I think in the East, you almost start to want to have that small forward showstopper on defense because now you've got Giannis and Simmons and, you know, you've got all these new age you know, even Tatum and and yeah, Jaylen like Brown. ridiculously, yeah, talented big man. Yeah. Now you're starting to get almost yeah. a, guys a concentration of small men. forwards in the, in the East that you need defense for. And if the Cavs had better system, yeah. maybe they wouldn't need LeBron as a playmaker as much. So that that's one argument uh, I can see there. And I think I think uh, you know LeBron and Lamarcus Aldridge that could be. An, interesting combo it'd be a, it'd be similar to the kevin love combo i think is that a good thing <laughs> exactly is that a good thing and we all know little marcus is going up in the age too he's not necessarily a perfect machine anymore yeah yeah i don't know i don't know how much uh, lebron really fits anywhere with the uh the new landscape of the nba with it being so much younger, so much more reliant on uh, these kind of taller than average guys who almost feel like a position down, but have the ball handling skills or the range and the pace. Um, I mean, maybe the best thing for LeBron is to actually just stick it out in Cleveland. I mean, how does how does LeBron ending his career in Cleveland sound to you, Matt? It sounds good in terms of a homer and a legacy and a hometown hero kind of guy unfortunately it makes these last years of he's apparently still extremely productive I mean, if you look at his last four years in cleveland the numbers have been pretty much consistent if you even look at you know the years before trade on the stat line his numbers don't take a massive tank that year either so he can still put up numbers He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he can still carry games. He finds ways to get rest during games, as we've seen the articles written about in the past month or so. But, you know, if he really wants to win, and if the only thing he's campaigning for now is to win rings like Michael, he's got to leave Cleveland or they got to get rid of all their players except him. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's career is 27 7 7. He says in Cleveland. I mean, he's probably going to drop down like 24, 25, 5 and 4 maybe. I mean, that's still insane for the next like two, three years. But I think I'm more like I think LeBron is basically just stuck at being number two, you know, all time. Like, is there a way he can pass Jordan? And the only way I see that is if he wins three more titles in Cleveland. Like going anywhere else, I think absolutely kills the argument that he will ever surpass Jordan. So, I mean, if it's about legacy and titles, then I think he has to stay in Cleveland. Uh, but I don't know how much LeBron even buys into him surpassing Jordan nowadays. Um, the other thing LeBron can really do in Cleveland is uh, he's got a lot of team control, right? I mean, he's basically the de facto coach. Um, you know, maybe he could kind of, push his way up into making larger uh, roster, you know, personnel kind of decisions. Um, he can really make Cleveland like his, and maybe eventually one day he'll own it. So maybe it's more for LeBron about building a really long-term successful post-LeBron Cleveland team, you know, one that has this kind of like uh, Boston or kind of San Antonio kind of vibe where even if we are going to be down for like two, three years, it's, you know, every five years we're almost back in the playoff mix, you know, in terms of being a juggernaut in the East. Um, it sounds kind of like almost the Spurs thing where they knew, you know, their big three were on their way out and they drafted some younger guys and traded for some younger guys here and there so that that harsh fall off when those guys 
finally leave isn't so bad and you've got you know you had this two years where those overlapped and you were really good so maybe i'll try and do something like that it'll be interesting to see how yeah. this number eight pick works out i know yeah i mean maybe the thing for lebron is to prove the thing that jordan can ever do and that's get a really good team together when you're no longer the player right i mean we looked at how terrible the hornets are under jordan i mean they they can't draft well they can't get people to come LeBron, I don't know. Maybe LeBron can beat Jordan in the NBA afterlife. <laughs> well, in terms of businesses and money, he's getting pretty close there. Endorsements and whatnot. I, I think I think when it hits the offseason, though, and rumors going around with this pick, that will really start to cement what's going to happen with LeBron. That's, that's your telltale sign here. Mm-hmm. Any more any more ideas about a LeBron trade you could see running around? Maybe some some crazy off ball topics you want to throw at or uh I mean I think the big thing is if Cleveland really wants to keep LeBron, they're gonna have to draft really well. Like you're gonna have to find like the Jason Tatum in this draft. Um which I don't know necessarily exists outside of the top three. Like it seems very stacked with DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley. Um, so I don't know if Cleveland with the eighth uh, pick can really get like a, a good compliment to LeBron, but I don't know. I'm, I'm getting kind of sick and tired of talking about LeBron when he's still playing. Let's talk about Kawhi. Let's, let's get a Kawhi. Well, before, you know, like any good player on their way getting traded, he's probably getting traded to, uh, or not traded, but leaving to go somewhere on the West Coast. Best way to get to the West Coast is uh, on an airplane. But before he leaves Cleveland, he checks his flights because if it's not Boeing, he's not going. So you can feel free to ride, pilot, and engineer comfortably with the most trusted name in aviation at Boeing. As the world's largest aerospace and defense manufacturer, Boeing provides only top-shelf products to top-shelf consumers, just like you or LeBron James or even Kawhi Leonard coming up soon. From favorites like the 747 or the 767, they supply thousands of aircraft around the world in the sky today. If you ever wanted to ride across the desert night sky in a, in a Chinook or sort of the limits of our atmosphere in a Delta IV or even guzzle billions of dollars from your local governments to under-deliver and miss deadlines, then Boeing is the company for you. Start doing aerospace properly today by going to boeing.com going using promo code Hard in the paint for where a special offer on noise canceling earphones. And with that, let's talk about Kawhi Leonard. So, Kawhi Leonard, as you know, has been out for uh, a majority of the year. He's played, what, nine games this year, I think? And uh, there's a lot of rumors circulating around that he's got problems with the Spurs management, his family's got problems with Spurs management and doctors. So uh, I'm kind of nervous for the Spurs here personally that they might lose on what is a franchise two-way player. But what's a trade that you see for Kawhi going on here? Yeah, so right before I jump into that, I just want to say, so Kawhi in his career has 16.3 points per game, six rebounds, and two assists per game. In the nine games that Kawhi played this past season, he averaged 16.2 points per game, 4.7 4.7 rebounds and 2.3 assists. He's even with nine games, he was basically the same player. The guy is an actual machine. So I think the premier destination for Kawhi Leonard should not be the West Coast. It should in fact be the New York Knicks. Yes, the same New York Knicks who are in basketball hell for the last 40 years. The way to do it, the path. They got to trade Chris Stops for Zingas. I understand that New York has uh, taken him as their own, but I think they just have to do it. Uh, just a side-by-side comparison. So Kawhi, 16.3 points per game, uh, about two assists per game, two steals, six rebounds. And Chris Stops, about 17.8 points per game, seven rebounds, two blocks. So, I mean, you're – not really giving up anything in terms of uh, points, rebounds, even on the defensive side. If anything, I think for the Knicks, they'd be gaining a lot. You'd be gaining a former former defensive player of the year, 
and finals MVP who started the, if I stop LeBron in the finals, I get to win the, I get to win the trophy uh, (laughs) trend. There's only been two other players that have put together the defensive player year and finals MVP. Hakeem and Michael Jordan, Kawhi, go to the Knicks. But uh, I don't know. You see any downsides to this logic there, Matt? You know, funny enough, I was thinking a while ago that a LeBron to the Knicks deal wouldn't be so bad. Uh, The only only downside is you're losing on Porzingis, which is hilarious considering draft day when everybody was up in flames about drafting Porzingis. Now everybody loves that man. And now you're going to give him up for Kawhi? I mean, uh, ooh, that's a that's a tough call there. I mean, I know he's out with a uh, ACL tear, probably out for most of next year. Um, you know, definitely not a playoff-bound team without him. Definitely a seven seed with Kawhi instead. I just don't see how the rest of the team comes together. You've got Tim Hardaway Jr. is your second best player. You got Tim Hardaway, man. He's, I mean, I know he's a decent. I, I can see Tim Hardaway Jr. like stepping up though. Really? Yeah, I, I can see Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, complimenting Kawhi in kind of a not the same kind of position play, but in terms of that John Wall, Bradley Beal kind of complex, where it seems like both players really don't like playing with each other but they know that they need each other in order to even go anywhere with this team. So I think they would actually work really well together. I mean, Tim Hardaway, I mean, 17 and a half points per game, almost three assists. I mean, his defense is going to be there with Kawhi. I mean, you got, you got the claw. I mean, uh, I think New York could actually double down back on its defense and build a, uh, uh, a mentality for the team, you know, like uh, they could really buy into this concept of team defense uh, and really uh, take it to the East. Well, that's funny but, enough because uh, with Fisdale... You don't seem so sold, so... No, no, Fisdale, man, he wants to reinvent the Garden identity as a defensive team. And with you saying that and some of the rumblings going on in Memphis, you know, maybe there's some crazy trade with, uh, you know, maybe defensive point guard like Kyle Lowry, okay? Maybe in the future, maybe you sow the seed for Kawhi now and then you get him next year, you know? It's a lot of money tied up in those two. Yeah, and I like you, uh, it. you might need another big man in there somehow. Maybe uh, get someone on the cheap coming back from something. Maybe you get Brook Lopez on like his last year deal to replace some of your big man space. You know, it's I'm not going to say it's not possible, but uh, you know, trading towards God is a hard sell. I think for a lot of fans. But I think the problem with Porzingis is that ACL. He's a big man with an ACL injury. Yeah, I'd I'd take Kawhi. I th- I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm gonna go all in on Fizdale's first year. Splash it, splash it. Well, let's go for it. And speaking of splashing, let's go over to the Lakers. Is uh, Kawhi? Yeah, Lakers. Kawhi doesn't doesn't sound too bad. Maybe he gets. Paul George to come with them, and they have this crazy small forward defensive offensive tandem that just takes over the West almost like a uh, a Houston Rockets, but with a position upgrade on the tall side. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you've got to give up what Ingram or Kuzma for that deal for Kawhi. So, which how, how does that shake? I mean, if they had PG thirteen and Kawhi in exchange for. Kuzma Ingram picks. I mean, that's a pretty good deal for the Lakers. You'd have two of the best two-way defenders, um, and I mean that's that's where this league is going. Or uh, you know, guys who can um, defend the perimeter as well as create their own shot. I mean, that's where you're gonna get. I mean, that's how you be Golden State at their own game. I mean, look at Boston. Boston's basically proto Warriors, where they just have these lengthy guys who can defend on the perimeter and on the other side can uh, kind of play through a system uh, that can get them their shots. My only kind of caution with this is I don't know what San Antonio would get. Like, why would San Antonio ever make this deal for Ingram and Kuzma? Like, yeah, I just, that's, I just that's a great happen. point. I, I don't know because – 
basically for your Lakers, you got to give up IT4 or the Dang contract because both of those are huge deals. Maybe, maybe the Spurs lose Tony Parker. They pick up IT4. They put him on the Fountain of Youth. They get you know IT4 Kuzma a pick for Kawhi. It doesn't seem too bad. Maybe you can offload Brooke Lopez, Randall, and someone else for PG. And because you can almost play Kawhi at power forward in a small ball lineup, I think. So, yeah, I think the, the thing with the Lakers is that either with LeBron or Kawhi, they have all these moving pieces that they need to get right, which makes no sense on how it would get done. Because it's the Lakers, they're going to find a way to make some magic over the summer, and uh, we'll be back in the playoffs next year. A nice pun with the magic. But, uh, <laughs> well, they don't pay me nothing to tell those kind of jokes. All right, so then you're you're insistent on this next but, one. Uh, yes, yes. I, I think the better option for Kawhi is to go to the Clippers. I think it's a better overall situation because the lineup, uh, not necessarily next year, uh, but definitely, like, down the line could be DeAndre Jordan, Kawhi, and my splash for a guard, Clay Thompson. I don't think Golden State can keep up this run of uh, having those four guys up there on that kind of money, unless Clay is as unselfish as he seems, and he just takes like a huge pay cut. Hmm. And I think the Spurs uh, could actually do well here too. I think they could get a young guy in Tobias Harris, a guy who they can uh, basically kind of mold into the San Antonio way. Um, you know, hopefully that kind of pans out. I think they could get Lou Williams, who provides them with instant offense, you know, 20 points per game. Um, that might actually kind of help San Antonio, who at times look like their offense just couldn't get it going. Uh, Lou Williams can easily flip that switch and um, keep them competitive in any game. So for me, I think Clippers-San Antonio deal is probably the most likely. Um not the most exaggerated deal out there we'll get to that pretty soon but uh what's your take on the, the clippers being able to like, land Kawhi? i'm not i'm not as skeptical of this as i think i should be it doesn't <laughs> you know when i see it on paper right here it doesn't seem too bad it seems like it, it like fits Doc, the problem like Doc river's career it does but i mean it fits the clippers perennial problem of never having a small forward not being the greatest on perimeter d if it's the Spurs problem of needing another small forward, potential big, like, small ball four type deal, they need an off-the-bench scorer if Manu goes out for for a while, which is obviously coming in soon. Potentially someone they could do, like, a one-year deal on and then dump somewhere else for a different player. Um, and I'm interested to see, you know, Golden State has to break up sometime they just can't take pay cuts forever so i would i'd be I mean, interested right. to see the clay throw, throw in houston into this and houston will uh swap deandre for clint capella uh and maybe maybe the the rockets get something else but uh clint capella Kawhi, clay makes sense i think as like a future we could definitely take on the warriors type thing okay so riddle me this I'll one up you here. DeAndre Jordan versus Clint Capella. What is the difference besides a contract? Uh, I mean, Clint Capella is younger. I mean, he's he's got, and I think he could actually be a better uh, scorer if he's given enough time and development. Whereas I think DeAndre is like a lost cause in terms of uh, being like an offensive, you know, at least a low post kind of guy. I think Clint Capella can still do that for you. Uh, I just think he needs like development in the same way that Giannis still needs like a lot of development. Like he hasn't really reached his potential. Mm-hmm. I think, I but, think uh, I'll, actually uh, I'll, better. I'll go up with an even. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I think he is just in terms of the skill set. I think he's a big with better skill set, but uh, I'll one up you even more for the craziness and uh, I'll throw in Kawhi in Philly. Holy moly. Okay. Uh, so you've got to give up quite the amount of things for this, right? Yeah, wow, okay. So Yeah, I mean I think uh Philly would have to give up uh 
don't know. Who would they, who would they have to give up, Matt? I feel like you. The problem is make th- my dreams come true. You've got it. So JJ Redick, I think, has the highest payroll on that team right now. So, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, Duke. <laughs> um, so Duke. But the the Euro Spurs thing to do is probably go Kawhi for Sarge and Covington, and maybe a like Ilyasova, right? Okay. Uh, which feels bad since those guys are like such great glue guys on that team. Like they, they definitely the don't win games without Sarge and Ilyasova. Covington, okay, maybe you lose games with him. Yeah, but with Kawhi, I mean that's an upgrade, right? I mean. That's three players off the table. That means Fultz has to play games, and we don't know. We don't know about him. We obviously know T.J. McConnell's a a little bit of a problem on offense. We know you can't run McConnell and Reddick together in the playoffs. Uh, All right, I'll fix your I'll fix your Fultz problem by saying that Philly gives up uh, its number ten pick, uh, Fultz, uh, Bellinelli. And uh, they splash the money not once, uh, but twice, and they get not just Kawhi, but also LeBron. Embiid, Simmons, LeBron, Kawhi. Who's your bench at that point? You just have only those five players? <laughs> I mean, it's working for the Warriors. <laughs> okay, okay. And I think this team could actually take on the Warriors. Draymond, Draymond against Embiid. Like, how does Embiid not destroy Draymond? The only problem I see is literally you, JJ Redding gets put in every single screen and roll on defense, but you've got six, nine players and above that just rotate all the time, right? <laughs> on offense, it looks great. I mean, maybe Simmons is a liability with his three point shooting, but you just give him the ball, sure. Uh, but then when that, uh, you know, after 38 minutes of the game passed and they're all tired, who comes off the bench to relieve them? Uh, what, like McConnell probably? Um, who's the other guy? Um, oh, man. I'm having really? a hard time remembering. But you... isn't it worth it? I mean, I mean, you'd be a mortal lock in getting to the finals, right? Like, without a doubt, they'd have to get to the finals. I think they would. I think they would get past Boston. Uh, because of Kawhi, I think Kawhi is like the 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 dynamo of that team, and I think they get to the finals. So then you're only talking about Le- you asked LeBron to give you four games with Embiid and Kawhi and JJ. Oh, I think you're phrasing that backwards. You're asking Embiid to give you four games with <laughs> LeBron, Kawhi, and JJ. Well, Embiid can rest the first two rounds of the playoffs. <laughs> Embiid can rest for the first two rounds of the playoffs. They don't need him. They don't need him for those first two rounds. I just want to see Embiid take on Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> oh <That's>... my goodness, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like if Philly beats Philly with this lineup, beats Golden State. Who does Golden State have to recruit in order to then beat Philly? I mean, I, you know, at that point, like you've reached a stalemate. We have actually reached the end of the world. That's a nuclear World War Three right there, right? You'd have to get, like, you have to just kill your bench and trade Draymond for, like, Porzingis, right? That would be your only hope. <laughs> or, like, Anthony Davis, right? <laughs> Derrick Rose, dude. Derrick Rose is playing for the vet minimum. Let's get him into. Hey, he wasn't too bad in the Minnesota series. Yeah, uh, I think well, Cleveland should get them. But... Speaking of Cleveland getting people. All right, speaking of Cleveland. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh we got some game four action going on tonight. You guys probably will hear this the day after it happens, but yeah, game four, Cleveland, Boston at Cleveland. Uh Cleveland coming off a pretty substantial victory. I personally, and I know I alluded to this earlier, I think it's gonna be Boston's gonna come back. Cleveland's still gonna play well. Boston's gonna play a lot better, but it's gonna be a real close game. I'm feeling overtime on this, but I think Cleveland's going to win at home off of some crazy LeBron outplay for a final possession or two. Um, That's personally what I think is going to happen. I think the tails to look out for are Jalen Brown and his foul trouble because that was a huge problem last game. We know he's probably the best person to 
throw problems at LeBron in terms of offense and defense. And then we also need to look at Kevin Love because he hasn't really had a great game in these playoffs yet. So that's my take. Uh, I think Kevin Love is going to continue to struggle. Um, I think Boston knows that they can't let him get involved uh, in LeBron. But I think Jr. I think Jr. Smith is gonna he's gonna light it up tonight. I think he's gonna he's gonna find his streak, and uh, he's gonna make Terry Rozier pay on defense. And uh, I think uh, Boston will have about an eight point lead with about going into the fourth, or maybe ten minutes left in the fourth. And uh, LeBron's gonna orchestrate some Jr. Smith, Tristan Thompson kind of magic, where Tristan Thompson comes back with some offensive rebounds and. Uh, the King and crew end up taking away this game, evening it, evening it up, taking it back to Boston where they will crush uh, no one because uh, the team won't show up. And so uh, Boston takes game five. I, I, I would actually agree with you on, on that prediction too. I've, I've, I felt a similar sentiment from other people that JR is going to have a big game tonight. Um, I was looking at the contracts. So both of those guys are worth over $15 million a year, which is crazy to me. Um, but most people agree that game five in Boston is going to be Boston's game to take over. You know, they've, they stole a game. Uh, no, they didn't steal a game. They held their home court. That's all you got to do when you're the top seed. Yeah. Just hold think, your home court. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think LeBron's going to have to, in order for them to win game four, LeBron's going to be too tired to play game five. I mean, that's, that's the decision that Cleveland has to make. And if you're Boston, you kill really, LeBron in Game Four. You you really feel good if you're the Celtics in that you have like the highest score differential on the road versus at home or something. It's like a twenty point difference, and that literally what was that last oh, game. Wow. So I wouldn't feel too sad. I'd feel sad that you didn't bring the hustle. It felt yeah. like a whole game, but it's definitely in the realm of possibility. And now. Let's go over to that Houston uh, Golden State game four. I think this is a pretty easy win for Golden State. But what do you think? Uh, I think that this may this may uh, be something you don't know yet, but uh, Andre Iguodala picked up a knee injury uh, last night in uh, in Oakland. Really? And I think that might be enough to derail the Golden State Warriors for one game. And allow the Rockets to tie it up at two games of peace. That's a huge deal if the Rockets can tie that up. Because I think most people considered it to be close anyways. But I think stealing one on the road is a huge deal in this series. Since Golden State already stole one on the road. I, I think missing Iguodala's defense is, uh, is going to hurt them. Because you know the Rockets come out and, and shoot like they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to win this game in one of those shootout kind of ways because they don't have a defense to mm-hmm. to, to lock down golden state that's the lineup of death right there but, uh, if you're we'll missing your, your core piece so i'll look forward to seeing that uh later as it comes on um any closing thoughts here before we close out the the cast today uh yeah i mean so far i I mean, these playoffs have almost kind of gotten worse for every round. I think the first round was really good. Second round, we started to kind of see what we would have predicted. And unfortunately, the conference finals have not lived up to uh, more than just first half showings. Mm. I think it's kind of sad. But uh, I don't know. Just my take. I'd rather have those uh, 06 finals than this right now. Yeah, I've had that feeling for the past maybe two years now. It feels like that first round, not everybody's got their their minds in the game for sure. So it feels like you know your 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 six seed might be able to pull one out here and there, or your your seven seed might actually give them a run for their money. But then it kind of whips those top teams into shape, and now they're just rolling like they should be. So I'll be happy to see how that shakes out. Um, in other news, I got an intern today at work, so that's pretty cool. So I have an intern that now sits next to me. Oh, nice. I'm the most senior person in my set of cubicles. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> They're still like knee deep in Very training nice. manuals and stuff, but hopefully, uh, 
it's nice to have another young person there with me because I'm around a bunch of old married people all the time. So it's kind of like I can't really you relate take to off people. The load, dude. Yeah, hopefully I can hang out with them after work sometime. Load, they seem like pretty cool people. It's weird though because they're they're a chemi, they're a chemi senior, and uh, you know if you know the work I do, there isn't a lot of chemi going on. So. <laughs> Old Miss, though. Hotty toddy. All right, Matt. I will, uh... Yeah. So, that's, that's the end of the show this week. Right, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the description below or send us an email. Uh, you can find our cast on SoundCloud, YouTube, and now Google Play. Shortly coming to Apple and other things down the line as we get more and more popular. And as always... Stay safe, have a nice day, and we'll see you uh, maybe later on this week after some games go through. Take care, everybody.